a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X Podcast. This is the San Diego 2 Supercross Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer, the global innovation leader in motocross race. Where Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, wearing Fox out there. Of course, uh, Cole Thompson also wearing Fox. Oh, Canada. Foxhead.com, your local authorized dealer to uh, see the Fox, uh, including the new 2016 Flex Air that is out now, or any of their uh, limited edition uh, pieces are also there. And if your dealer doesn't carry Fox, go to another new dealer, people. So, Racer X Online. Number one place for your moto news. And uh, we thank everybody for listening. This is the San Diego 2 Supercross Wrap-Up. Like I said, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, Fly Racing Zone, German Supercross Champion, Toronto Supercross Champion, top privateer, the man who held almost every number in the 30s at one point or another, the Jason Thomas. What's happening? We're uh, finally getting out of California. Well, I guess we've been out of California a couple times, but I feel like we're moving moving east, even though it's going to be a West Coast race still. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we uh, uh, you, and also too speaking about gear, Fly Racing launching their uh, LE red, white, and blue limited edition gear. So all the yeah, fl- six time. guys d- decked out in your new gear <clears throat> had to have been very oh, happy yeah. at times seeing that out there. Yeah, no, it was good. I think you know everyone kind of had their own take on it, but I was uh, I was happy with how ours looked and and you know was displayed in TV and we, mm-hmm. we won uh, won semi races and heat races and all kinds of stuff. So it was good. Also on the line, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the uh, voice of NASCAR, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Are you the voice of NASCAR? Why not? Uh, I'm very, I'm a very uh, quiet voice. If that would be, if that would be the case. I feel bad for them. If this is the only voice they get, one that's on the air about twelve minutes per year total. Are they? Are they stuck st- for them? When do they start? They're starting soon, right? Dude, can you believe they had, like, their preseason race? The Daytona 500 is this weekend coming up. Oh, okay. But they already had a race on Saturday night with, like, guys that won races and stuff last year. They were already racing. Their off-season is December and January. That's it. Yeah, that's crazy when you really think about it. I guess they don't, they don't practice during the week very much, right? I mean, obviously, they have test sessions, but during the week, they kind of chill, right? Yeah, it's certainly nothing like motocross. I think they do more than people realize because the amount of um, media obligations they have. Like, it's nuts. Like, you don't even know. It's like they have to, whatever, they have to fly to St. Louis on a random Wednesday to try to sell tickets to the racing Kansas in July. Like, there's stuff like that going on. But it's nothing, obviously, like motocross guys who literally do not have any days off. There's no chilling ever. No, and then if you try to get them to do media things, they get very upset because it takes away from their training and riding. Yeah, I mean, that's all the NASCAR guys are doing. Mm-hmm. What else can you do? I always actually wonder. This is a question I want to ask someday. When they say we're all working really hard, the NASCAR guys, I want to be like, and what exactly is that? Yeah, exactly. What work is that? Uh, Dr. Jerry Punch would not allow that question to be asked. 
I'd be very upset with you if you're going to expose these guys. Dr. Jerry Punch. Everybody. Punched by Jerry Punch. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, let's get let's go to San Diego. Two weeds. You weren't there. Um, you missed it. But um, JT, first off, the the crowd I thought was way better. Um, uh, this this San Diego than the first one, and I don't know why. I guess this one was held at a more traditional time. But um, yeah, it was it was a good crowd. Yeah, it was better. You know, I wasn't at the first one, but I could see on TV it looked terrible. But even you know, it it was about. 6, 15 p.m., and it was completely empty, and I was really, really worried. Uh, but it filled in pretty well. Yeah. You know, by 7 o'clock yeah. in race time, I thought it came around, so not not too bad. Yeah, I think it was all right. Um, I like the track, too. I like the track. It didn't provide great racing, the main event, and it was it was slower. There was a lot of jumps, a lot of turns. What did you like about it? I like that there was some big whoops. Again, I liked big whoops. Um, I liked that that sand section. I thought that flying into the sand was a nice visual, and it made a difference. Um, not a whole bunch of difference, but a difference one way or another. So, um, you know, it didn't allow great racing, but I thought it was technical. But then, you know, you know, yeah, these guys are pretty good, so they don't make a lot of mistakes. But that's, that's, what, that's what I like. The big whoops, the sand section, I thought there was some imagination into the track. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it uh simply because you couldn't pass or i i you know obviously jason anderson made passes very very aggressively but i thought it was it was really tough for for good racing yeah no, i'll give you that that's for sure compared to coming off of glendale anyways you know where we had some speed we had some uh 180s um yep it was it was it was probably better glendale was probably a better track but i like the big whoops man they obviously. No, I'm a, I, mean, I agree. They're I obviously making this a conscious effort to do this because they're not rolling them; they're leaving them big. This week's was shorter set, but still, somebody along the line, somebody in some position of power, has said, "Hey, we want big whoops this year." Yeah, it's definitely you know, and I, I we all all three of us write columns about you know the post race and pre race and do all these shows and do all these things, and we talk about you know every aspect of the race. Uh, and I, you know, I always put in there in my columns that it really is just dependent on the dirt works and their mood almost, uh, when they're building these whoops, because just the angle of how you, you know, tilt the bucket when you're building these whoops can make a, a really easy set of whoops, or it can make a incredibly difficult. Uh, and that's just what it is. I mean, it comes down to the angle that they, they drop that bucket in there, uh, when they're shaping them. So you could have really, really tall whoops that are huge, and to the casual observer may seem incredibly difficult. But if they're round and they're just not sharp on the on the front side, the facing side, they're going to be really easy, you know. And it's just that angle of how steep they are uh, that can, you know, basically determines the the level of difficulty. I've been told that uh, Randy Menenga builds the whoops for Feld. Remember Randy? Okay. He's been around for a long yeah. time. He used to build tracks yeah, and everything. Yeah, he does a bunch yeah. of private tracks, too. Right, right, right. I, I didn't know he was even working for Phil, but I've been told that I he's... I did not either. Yeah, I've been told he's the guy, so... Okay. Um, hey, but did, did you guys see the Behind the Dream show? I did not. No, no not, not yet. I, I didn't the link see, here, but yeah, I didn't watch it yet. I gotta watch it, too. I guess, I guess I'm in there talking crap on Dunch. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. really? Well, I, I don't know about talking crap, but I... I, apparently, they played a clip where I said he would finish sixth place in 2010, his rookie year. <laughs> and that was what I love how 
I, how many of these shows have you been the, hey, let's find something negative, go to the Mathis I think it's, guy. I think, it's, I think it's my third one. And, All uh, right, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone knew that in 2010, his rookie year, he would win. We all knew that. Will the honeymoon be over? Is the, is the Dunge honeymoon over, you and him? <laughs> I'm just glad that he wakes up every morning and thinks about that radio show where I said he'd get sixth. It's really, well, it, hey, yeah. motivation's got to come from somewhere. I have to admit, yeah, I remember at the end of 2009, like Reed and Stu coming off this incredible season, Villapoto's mm-hmm. second year. I remember everyone thinking Dodge was going to win except you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's nice to know yeah. six years later that Ryan gets up and that drives him. That drives him every day. It's, it's nice to know <laughs> six years later. It's like, he, it's like he puts my face up on the mirror. He said I'd get sixth <laughs> in 2010. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Uh, I think any publicity is good publicity. Maybe more people will listen to me if they see that. I got to listen to this idiot who said he'd get six in 2010. Listen, I know that uh, you're pumped on the Ryan when he ends his interviews that you throws out, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he did that again a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, but uh, our guy New Kyle interviewed Dunge this week. This would be the second time ever. I think they've interviewed him. Uh huh. Already got the buddy. No. Yep. Dunge said no problem. Thanks, buddy. No, he didn't. Oh, yeah. Buddy. Oh, that really hurts. There's no chance Kyle's his buddy. Kyle's new. Kyle's not his buddy. Do you his think buddy. there's a good chance that you're his buddy? Kyle's not his buddy. Well, I'm saying the same logic. <laughs> you want to end I'm beginning this? to think that uh, maybe that's just what Dungey says, man. Sorry. You mean I'm not his it's buddy? because he doesn't know your name. It's because he doesn't know your name, so he just defaults to buddy. Does that mean I'm not his buddy, do you think? Uh, uh, do you think that Kyle's his buddy? No, I do not think then Kyle's his buddy. Nope, then using that logic, then I would say that you are not his buddy. I like the new Kyle. He's a nice dude. Good guy. Buddy? Are you, would you call him your buddy? He better not be buddy, the, the Dunge. Um, I'm thinking that's a default answer for Dunge. Yeah. He just says yeah. buddy automatically. Yeah. Yep, me too. It's like those who felt that... Uh, they were super cross insiders because the boss of bosses, Charlie Mancuso, would give them a hug. Oh. You find out uh, he hugs everybody. <laughs> there are some people that are really happy about the hug. I mean, I've gotten a lot of hugs in my time, and I thought, I'm about to own Supercross. I'm about to take over. The- he's going <laughs> to say, I'm taking you from announcer to chief of executive. Right, right. But then I found out there were 100 other people that got hugs. <laughs> I can't believe you dropped that buddy bomb on me at the beginning of this podcast. It's going to affect the whole show. I might have to actually find the audio now. If Mathis changes his tire, he would get the hug as well. Change a tire? Yeah, you're, you're a tire. I think your clothing at the race is... Oh, oh a tire. I saw, a tire. Hug. I see. Yeah. I thought you meant tire. Like. No, 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 no. I wore pants and I call a shirt and nothing happened. Nothing changed. Everyone saw me in pants. That was to a wedding. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. To the Supercross banquet. And nothing happened. Nothing changed. My life. Nobody Did said you, anything. Uh, I can't even remember now. <laughs> what? The um, the attire you need to do it more than more than once. Oh, okay. Did you get a hug? Did you get a hug that day? When you had the pants on. I've never, I've never met Charlie Mancuso. Oh, I've never met him. Buddy. I have a few things I'd like to say to him though about the series. <laughs> um, because sure. he, he he's people don't realize through Clear Channel. Live Nation, Feld, uh, Pace. Pace um, is, am, I, am I missing one? 
Is that it? Okay. Anyways, people understand that it's been the same two dudes in charge. The names change. But Charlie Mancuso is the man who basically runs Supercross, along with Todd Gendro, in the last few years. Is Gary Becker still involved or no? No. Becker's out. He's out. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So those, that's the guy. So people say, so, oh, new owners, new owners. No. It's not new owners. Same, same dude. Just new companies buy them, and they, they, they just tell Charlie, you're still in charge. So. Yeah, I mean, they keep these people because they're buying a profitable enterprise. Yeah, yeah. They, you, don't, yeah. you don't buy a profitable enterprise and then fire everyone and hope right. that it's still profitable. Yeah, if you, if you ran a fat burger for me, JT, I wouldn't, and you're, it's very profitable. I'm not going to get rid of you. You're still going to be my manager. Right. right. Yeah, you're buying their expertise. Right. I'm buying your fat burger expertise. Yes. Um, hey, another thing that I heard this weekend that um, I've been told by uh, uh, Feld guys that it's been, this, the, the, this, it's been decided since the beginning of the year, but I finally heard this weekend. The last round in Vegas, we've been wondering about 250 Supercross points. And it is uh, indeed going to be a East-West final, the final round, and it's going to just be traditional points, not scored separately or anything else. So that throws a big wrench into things for people. That's a big point swing possibility, the final round. The, the confusion laid, imagine this, the confusion laid with the AMA. I know, steady yourselves for that news. <laughs> But, you know, it wasn't on the sheets. Vegas has not been on the point sheet, so people didn't really know what was going on. But that's, that fell decided that beginning of the year. All the teams know about it and whatever. So I just, but I just found it out, of course, six weeks in because I'm the last to know. But what yeah. do, you, do you like that, Weech? Yeah, I was actually – I knew last week so I was talking to um, Tyler Keith and uh, Rattray and a bunch of people over there at Chorley about it. Um, and I was fully expecting the, you know, your points are only against the guys you're – Racing it's coast to coast, but no, it's just yeah. You win, you get twenty five. You get second, you get twenty two. Doesn't matter who beats you. I think it's awesome. I mean, to me, it's the dumbest excuse ever. Being like, well, he interfered because he beat me. Well, as Jean Michel Bale once said, if you want to be champion, you'll have to win the races. Like, all you have to do is beat everyone else on the track, and then you would get the maximum point. And if you're not capable of doing that, then you know maybe you don't deserve the title. Like, right, the other guy. Yeah. And you get more points. It really doesn't get much more fair. Right. Yeah, I like it. I'm glad they do it. I'm, I'm glad they did it. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think, uh, honestly, anything to spice up the 250 class in Vegas is a good thing. Uh, you know, we've been lacking a bit, of, uh, a bit of excitement there. You know, I think the year we had the championships come down with Han and uh, Roxanne and Marvin and Tomac and all those four um, that was a good year, but I man, it's been a snooze fest at times at Vegas for that class. Yeah, these idiots like they don't even care about the shootout anymore. You know what I mean? Like, used to be the biggest deal. I mean, Carmichael cried. You know what I mean? Because Wyndham was right. what beat him, and it used to be a biggest thing ever and a biggest sense of pride and everything else. And then somewhere along the line, some bonuses didn't get paid to dudes, and then dudes didn't care, and then dudes would back out of it. And it's just yeah, the intensity wasn't there. It sucks. So this is this is a nice way to bring it all back, and I think they should do more. I think they should do Dallas and Houston, also East West races, like they used to do. I think so too. Those were cool. Those right. were really cool. Oh, I have some uh, audio I would like to play here. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. We're gonna go uh, headphones to regular phone. Let's see how this works. Here it comes. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. You get that? Oh, we heard it. Or bumped it up. All right, man. You, Kyle. Two races. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. This is this is unbelievable. 
I thought I'd reached a le- <laughs> I thought, yeah. Huh. Everybody's buddy. It's your buddy's a lot of people. And Don't like, take offense, buddy. I mean, Kyle's a good guy, but there's no way he's Dungy's buddy. He just got on the scene. I would also argue that there's no way you're his buddy. You just talk trash on him on Behind the Dream. <laughs> Six years ago. Eh. Never forget. Neither here nor there. Never forget. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about my buddy, Ryan Dungey. My non-buddy, Ryan Dungey. Um, won again. And truthfully, on that track, it was technical. It was slippery. Uh, I mean, once he got, he got, the, he got the whole shot. Although Marvin, Marvin challenged him for it. Marvin had some guys pissed off after for Marvin taking everybody wide like that, like not kind of really breaking when he was supposed to. But um, in anyways, the first turn? yeah, in the first turn. Well, it's kind of hard to stop. Yeah. without a rear brake. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, it uh, it was over. It was over early, JT. It was over real early. You thought it was over that? Or I didn't think so. I, I thought Steely kept him honest. He did. Um, but- I, I don't think Dungey was worried, but I thought Seeley had some speed there. He just, uh, you know, he really could never find a way to get to him or really create any pressure. But I didn't think uh, it was a runaway because I knew the track, how slippery it was and and how easy it was to make a mistake. I was a little, you know, uh, interested to see if Seeley could ever make a run there. But, you know, I should have known better just because Dungey did what Dungey does. But I just thought that track was very, very easy to uh, screw up, lose the front end, especially in that first turn section. I saw rider after rider crash there. So I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was that, that bad, uh, especially from what we've seen typically in that situation from Dungey. Yeah, I think Dungey knew you could only go so fast on that dirt, on that slippery dirt, you know? And that was it. And so if, if Celia had tried to pick it up, I think he also would have struggled a little bit, you know? So... I think I think Celia was flat out. Uh, he had some heavy, heavy fighting going on behind him mm-hmm. that I can promise you he wanted no part of. So I think I think Celia was on his limit the entire time. Not so much trying to catch Dungey, which I'm I'm sure at some level he was like I, I want to get Dungey. Mm-hmm. I think he was more worried about the guys behind him, uh, just because I've been in those situations where the last thing in this world you want is to have those guys get to you and change your whole race because you just have to ride defensive and it just, everything changes at that point. So, um, I just think he was doing everything in his power to keep the gap between himself and the canard rocks and Tomac, uh, just yeah. debacle that was going on back there. Uh, we take away Dungey and, uh, take away my buddy. And this series is awesome in a sense. Like Sealy goes three, three at the first two. Then he goes six, six, like eight at the next three. Never really was a factor. This weekend he got a start, got second, rode great. Like it's a great series in that these dudes can't necessarily. I mean, we'll talk about Anderson in a second, but like where you start is kind of everyone's going really fast. I mean, in practice we saw 11 guys in the same second, which was nuts um, for qualifying. I think it was 10 or 11 guys anyways. And it's cool to see like – Sealy can beat these guys straight up. Three, you know, three podiums now, and this weekend again. Like I said, he rode great. So, take away that Dungey guy, and things are things are competitive. Yeah, uh, you definitely have parity with that group. I mean, if you were to put people on the witness stand and say who's the second best guy, you would get a pretty wide variety of answers. Like I know Roxon's won a race, so maybe you pick him. But in general, it's splitting hairs 
between that group. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't an inevitable, like, oh, Rockson's in third. He's going to get Chili for sure this week. He's the better guy. Like, nope, Chili was good. Uh, Anderson has certainly had his moments. Um, Tomac had his. Um, so, Canard, uh, obviously, at times, well. So, it, it's interesting mm-hmm. how, how close it has been between those group and, and Reed also. And then all you got to do is look at the points. I mean, that's ridiculous how close those guys are. Yeah, I would, I would say – I would say Anderson has been the second best guy. It's I really would. He's he's not been able to get off the line, and maybe that's you know part of like if Roxon hadn't been getting off the line, maybe Roxon would get up to where Anderson was. But I think JT through the first six rounds, uh, I think it's been Anderson. I think he's been the the, the the guy I've been second most impressed with. I think so too. Uh, I was I was impressed, but I was also kind of like. Uh hesitant as to Anderson's approach the whole night. I mean, he was really, really aggressive. Uh, I thought a bit over-the-top aggressive, um, especially in the heat race. Uh, and then a main, the main event at times, but more so in the heat. I mean, he was really pushing the envelope as far as what's okay, as far as passing and what's not. Uh, and I just don't know. I don't think you can win championships racing like that that's that's my opinion i could be wrong or right who knows but man he was really cutting you know chopping people off and really kind of honestly he was pissing people off i can guarantee you so he hasn't got the starts he's riding great and probably frustrated at how well he think he knows he can ride and, and the starts haven't been there so it'll just be interesting to see with anderson as this continues if he does get the start and gets in race contention will he will he race that aggressively with dungy you know, for a win, I don't know. You know, they practice together and all that. That would be interesting to see to me because he's the one that's shown the the most willingness to kind of, I don't want to say ride dirty, but that's the kind of the best word I could use for it at times. What do you think, Wage? Jason Wygant, not there? We just, we just speechless. He's speechless. Right. Sorry, I have my lines muted there. Um, it's a double-edged sword. He told me last week, you know, he knew the starts were bad, and he thinks one of the problems is that he keeps not doing well in the heats, and he keeps having a bad gate pick for the main, so he was really going to try to do better in the heat this weekend. And then you saw him really trying, like really trying to win that heat race. Like half the time it's like, ah, it's just a heat race. But I think he knew it was on the line if he could just smash through Brayden and Millsap and win that and get the first or second gate pick. I think in his mind that was a massive thing he needed to do. Um, and he's had quite a few incidents last year and this year where he's probably kind of, as JT was saying, maybe going over the line. But then just when you think it's safe to say, yeah, he's going too far, look what he did in the main. Tomac could not figure out a way around Kennard, and then Anderson just got them both, basically by using the same thing. Like, it's a total double-edged sword. Sometimes it's working to his advantage, sometimes it's not, but... That aggression picked up, gave him two spots in the main that no one else would have been able to get. So yeah. it's hard to, I think, say turn it off. It's just hard to have one without the other, and I don't know what the answer is. It's probably helping him in as many ways as it's hurting him. Yeah, I, I think JT and I have very different opinions, I think, on Anderson and on Tomac. Like, JT, you're like, hey, Tomac's fine. It's good. Like, he's getting into shape. Nothing wrong. You know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, this, to me, this has been, it hasn't been a disaster. Don't get me, don't, don't, I don't want to say that, but this is not good for what he's getting paid and what's going on and everything else. One podium, one third place. 
in six races is I don't care whether the shoulders are a new bike or anything. This is, you know, you got to watch him and and see how he's, you know, not riding that well. And with Anderson, like it's Supercross racing, man. Like it, yeah, be aggressive. Yes, Anderson's passed the line. I, I watched it myself personally a few times. But generally speaking, he's just trying to make some room in, in, in Supercross racing. And, like, the guy's going forward, and he's on the move, and his lap times are good, and, like, whatever. You get a little pissed off at him, well, go faster. So Yeah, but do you, do you think that's a – do you think you can win championships by just doing that? Because you're going to get paid back. Yeah. I guarantee uh, I mean, he's not, he's not that much better than anybody. He's, I mean, he's going to get paid back. Mm. No, I mean, I, at the end of the day, yeah, when you – Guys don't win titles riding like that, but he's not in a position to win a title. I think you know. Okay, what I mean? I, that, like, that was my only point. Is I'm just saying I don't know that riding that way and and you know pissing people off. You just can't do that, you know. And and I mean I shouldn't say you can't do it. I just don't think it's a very smart way to go about it. Well, uh, but he'll mature, you know. I, I this year we were all kind of wondering if he was going to be in the whole series to win, um, and it's it's. You know, airing out that he's going to not be. He's going to be right in that you know, I think, top three uh, or four in the series, I think. But I, think I don't know. It just it's, When I was watching the Heat, it was just apparent to me that I'm like, you can't do this to people. And then, you know, at some point along the way here, you're going to get you're going to end up on the ground because that guy's been pissed off at you for a month. Yeah, but he's better. He doesn't ride that way with Roxanne and Dungey and even Marvin. I think because he's bros with Marvin. He probably scares Marvin. But anyways, like, I think he thinks Brayden – uh, Millsaps, um, Seeley Reed. I'm better than those dudes. Later. You know what I mean? Like, get out of my way. I think that's his attitude. And I think when he gets up to Rock Center Dungy, he is a little bit more like, okay, these guys are on my level. Let me let me be cool here. And I, and I think with Marvin, too. Watched him a few times with Marvin coming through the pack, and he's pretty pretty normal with Marvin, you know? So Okay. Well, I and that's fine. But, you know, the guys he's blasting can blast him, too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. They're definitely they're capable yeah. of it, for sure. Um, I mean, Millsaps is, is I, not slow. And if you don't think that Millsaps can knock you off the track no, at will, he can. No, Braden as well. These guys can all do that. That's all I'm saying is it doesn't matter if they're a quarter of a second slower than him or not. They can take him out at will. It's just you don't want to give people a reason to do it. Was that I, uh, I was surprised, actually, to see it with uh, Tomac, because I do feel like that. I feel like he does kind of pick the enemies a little bit. Uh, and Tomac, I mean, I don't think you could really say he won't do it to Dungey or Roxanne, but he would do it to Tomac. I think you put Tomac in the Roxanne Dunge category. But he did go for it. Like I said, doubt the tactics, if you will, but he passed two guys, and hardly anyone else has been able to make any passes. So it's hard to completely say this is not the way it should be done because it is helping him. I don't know if it's the best move in the big picture, but he got yeah, fourth not, when he could have got sixth. It's no offense to uh, a Freeze or an Alessi, but those dudes doing that, it doesn't make any sense. You're going backwards. You're not as good of a rider. Anderson's better than those guys. He's won a race. He's going forward. You know what I mean? And like, You think Anderson's of- better than Tomac? No, I'm saying like, yeah, he was aggressive. With, I think. It, I think it depends on how his relationship is with these guys. How, what he thinks of them. You know, he may. I think Eli's on his level, but he doesn't think so. I think you don't think that Anderson believes that Tomac is on his level. I think he's got a certain uh, distaste for for Tomac. That that, that's not, that not what I asked. The, not what I asked. Well, I, I, I'm just trying to go in his mind. I think Eli is as good. Yes. I mean, if you look, if you put their careers on paper, it's it's 
not a. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I'm aware. Know, I'm in the stance. I know, but I'm, I'm saying right. Anderson I know. Himself. I just I, that. if you don't think that Anderson, in his heart, believes that Tomac is on a level with him, I would I would disagree strongly. What I'm a, not saying that Anderson's like, oh, that guy's better than me, but he's got to look at him as an equal competitor. I, I strongly I would, feel that way. So, what about what about Tomac? Like, JT, we're six weeks in. Are you? Still, like, whatever? He's still building? New bike? Shoulders? I mean, I'm nowhere near the level of panic you are. I'm not panicked. No, I will not not be sounding the panic button. Well, you you sounded five minutes ago like you were very, very concerned. It's not good. It's not good. Not panic button level, but not good. I thought he he actually rode really well this weekend. He just didn't get by Kennard when he needed to. I mean, he was – Roxon really struggled. And Tomac was all over Roxon, trying to get around both of them at the same time. Roxon finally made a move, and then Tomac just basically fell into the role that Roxon was in, where he couldn't make a move either. Because I think both of them could have ridden away from Trey had they gotten past him at any point. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault the riding at all. I, I would more fault the inability to pass, or you know, just the, you know, lack of creative. Uh, creativity and finding a way to pass, you know, without just blasting him, which I guess is, you know, where Anderson's like, well, just screw this. I'm going to hit everyone, you know? So I, I guess there's a case to be made for that, but I thought he was actually riding really well. He just was, he was stuck. He was stuck back there for far too long. What do you think? Weege break this tie for us. I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, JT on this one because like I was ranting last week, I just, I don't think it's fair preseason in December to have certain guys and be like, just stay up, just be safe, just be consistent, just build. It's going to be a slow process. And then when they actually do that, then a month and a half in, be like, what's the problem? What's... I don't think it's fair. You think it's... I think everyone on earth knew, ah, he's coming off surgery. Tomac has had many problems before of throwing it all away, having nights where he's on and then just blowing it and crashing out. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And he is not doing that. But... Now that's suddenly not the goal anymore, I guess. I guess he was supposed to be winning races. When I thought in December, it sounded like everyone was thinking, just get through it, just be safe. Who's everyone? Who was saying that? Um, did you see the guy almost die at Colorado last year? Or the, how many dumb moves did he have in Supercross last year where he just wadded it up out of nowhere? I think it was like a significant, like, Tomac has to learn to not have these bad races and these crashes that come out of nowhere. And he's managed to not do that. And he hasn't blown it with he's coming back for shoulder surgery and just a new bike but he's still going for the win and now he's crashed out three times by trying to do something that's not there so i feel like he's following the advice that would have been given to him earlier in the year but now that he's doing that it's like what's up why aren't you winning races Ah, 41 points back sixth place yeah i'm sure monster and cowie are super stoked yeah, but One I think podium. it's all graded on the curve with how good Dungey has been. I mean, so does that mean that Roxon's been a piece of garbage, too, because he's 26 points behind? Like, no one's, close. 26, no one's close. 26 is better than 41. But I don't think anyone can argue that. Roxon has four podiums. One win. You know, it's hard. I don't think anyone thought that if you started the year, let's put it this way, Dungey's gone, what, four wins, two seconds? Yeah. Um, you basically can't do anything with that. You have to just win the races. I don't, I don't think the preseason, just try to get through these races safe. All right. uh, if you knew you'd be up against four wins in two seconds, you'd realize that wasn't going to well, get it done. Let's pretend Ryan Dungey got kidnapped by a drug cartel 
And so now Eli Tomac is 15 points Ooh, down. 15, oh, my God, 15 points. If Ryan Dungeon gets kidnapped by a drug cartel, I'm not worried about the points. <laughs> I'm worried about getting the Dungeon back. Ah, we'll get him back. Um, Do you think dude, that if he got kidnapped by a drug cartel that he would call the leader of the drug cartel buddy? I think he would. I mean, he's, been he try- he's trying to get out of there. <laughs> I mean, I think, he, and I think Ryan's a really nice guy. He'd probably talk his way out. And then he'd probably come back after missing a few races and still win the title. <laughs> um, Your math on Roxon and Tomac is exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay. points of 11 rounds. No, you're you know, right. You guys are right. It's, like, it's been a, like, yeah, fine. No, but, you know what? You guys are right. It's been a tremendous success. Congratulations to everybody over there. It's been great. I just don't, I don't understand why you're. Let's throw a party. Let's throw. Let's, 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 he's not getting 12. Do I have a party? No, this isn't McGrath and 02. Do I have a party button? I mean, it. You know, I have a panic button. Do I need a party button? <laughs> I think I think you're you're overreacting. A bit. Okay. Because right. if you watch his riding, he's fast. He, it's not like he's he's riding badly. <sighs> he was really I, I fast just, for ten laps last week. Really fast. The old Eli Tomac was back. Okay, and he got on the podium. Yep. I mean, do you not realize? I, I think you just really underestimate what taking six months off a motorcycle or five months off a motorcycle does. I I. Don't know if you've ever done it and tried to come back and race at that level, but it's not, it's not that easy. Oh, I, missed I, the, I, just, I missed the whole racing season with a torn rotator cuff. Right. I, what's, what I'm saying is you're trying, then you're trying to be the best rider in the world. I'm not talking about Manitoba. I'm talking about beating Ryan Dungey. No, okay. All right, so, guys. Yeah, no, it's been great. Good. All right. I see. But I, I, can, I mean, you're obviously being crazy sarcastic. I mean, I just, I just, I, I, it just when do we, okay, I mean, when do we start saying what's going on? If he's riding around in eighth place. Eighth and, place, and just okay. completely lost touch with everyone, and looks like a different rider out there. Then I think you have a reason for concern. When I see him in fourth and fifth, and fighting to try to get to the front, just everywhere, all over, trying to get to the front, and on the board in every practice, and looking incredibly good, winning heat races, chasing down Roxon for ten laps, all those things, I'm not, I'm not concerned. You know, okay. I think they have things to work on in their game to get to where they want to be. But I'm not concerned. You know, I, they're working on it. Like, it's just not – he's not the, you know, well-oiled machine that Ryan Dungeon is right now. But no one else is either. Well, no one's on that level. We've seen the 41 miss a lot of time and come back and be right back where he was. We saw Dungey well, – I mean, it was a broken collarbone. It wasn't shoulder injury. But Dungey missed whatever, three, four weeks, comes back, wins races immediately. But these, and Hard missed one race. These elite – well, no, no, no. I'm, I mean in the past. Not in the past. Um in a, these elite guys, they usually have the ability to come back after missing some time with injury and get back to where they were. Do you think Tomac is as good as he was last year? No. There's no way, right? In Supercross, I don't see a big difference yet. Really? Okay. Look at the first six races of last year and tell me you see a huge difference. Okay. Because I would argue vehemently that you can't. What about Canard's return. Um, he needed that I'm, finish. I'm, I'm not talking about uh, Trey. I'm no, talking no, about Eli. I'm, I'm you just on. said. I'm moving on. Do I think that Eli is yeah, much better or the same level he was last year? If you look at the first six races of last I, year, sure, absolutely. I hope Western Power Sports institutes a drug testing policy ASAP. I mean, the data supports what I'm saying. So, uh, I mean, you can, you know, have your opinion, but I'm talking about straight data. He wasn't anything incredible until the second half of Supercross season last year. What about Canard's return? 
good. Uh, I thought he was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good. You he know, yeah. obviously, you're hoping to get on the podium or whatever. But I thought it was. I thought it was really strong. Yeah. I mean, he's not exactly where he wants to be, but shoot, he was in the. He was in the fight. Last year, after six races, Eli Tomac had a win and two other podiums and a fourth place. He had a hundred points. Did he have? What yeah. else did he have? He had one, one race where he didn't uh, didn't finish. One race where he didn't finish. That was very nice the way you put that. What? He crashed out. Yeah, and I have one. Yeah, he crashed out. He has not crashed out. You, uh, you just brush that aside. Is like that means nothing. Yeah, whatever. He crashed out. That doesn't really. I mean, what has how many, been? How many points did he have now, and how many points did he have? Well, I guess I, I guess I'm the dick. No, how many points did he have now, and how many points uh, did just, he have? I then? just closed the screen. I think he had about the same. Oh, it's convenient. No. <laughs> Can we talk about Kennard? Or are we just going to argue? No, we're we're having a discussion because you're making outlandish claims. And outlandish to... claims. Yes. Okay. <laughs> outlandish. All right. It's lucky. It's lucky for Eli that you are not in the in management at Kawasaki or Monster. What, um. No, I'm not firing him. I'm not. I wouldn't fire but him. But you're, you're. I, I just don't understand why you're so concerned. Like no one, no one thinks this has just been an overwhelming success, which is where your sarcasm seems like goes that's to. what it seems like you two guys think this has been. No, this no has one's been fine. saying that. Okay. Well, well, what do you want no. him to do? What do you want him to do? Do you want him to just go back to the drawing board and start? You know what I mean? Start over. Like forget this. Well, the, you know the new bike and. Let's let's do the shoulder surgeries over because they must have not have got it right. Yeah, that's what I want. Know, like, I want. I want to do the shoulder shoulder surgeries over again. But I don't I don't understand the just the panic, which I know you're unwilling to use the panic. <sighs> not button, but panic. It seems button. like you're. Nope. It seems like you have it out and on the desk, ready to you know. No, no, no. But I just let me know, both of you. Let me know how things are going. We'll, I'll check in in another couple weeks. No, I just said if you see him way off the pace and unable to go with these guys. Then I think you have a valid case, but when I see him basically, you know, stuck and there and there's a case to be made for he should have passed earlier. But when I see him riding really well and trying everything he can to get to the front, but he can't make a move. So Jason, I'm not worried. Jason I, I Anderson is just better. Jason He's Anderson, riding great. Jason Anderson is just better. We all knew that. I mean, I mean, last week, last week in Glendale, Anderson probably made up a. I would. I bet you Anderson made up thirty seconds on Eli by the end of the race, from where they started. Who, this, beat, who beat who? I forget. This week they go. They go. Uh, Anderson goes right right around him. See you later. On his way to to a fourth. That's all. I mean. All right. Let's all right. talk. Let's talk about Canard. Let's talk. Forward, about forward your your concern to the Tomac okay. team. All right. And then you forward your concern about Anderson's riding to Bobby Hewitt and see what see what they say because that's that's where I'm at with you with Anderson where I'm thinking to myself like yeah man he he's there to win he's there to get on the podium he, like see you later okay, I can't cool. wait around you know and when he wins a championship I'll I'll right. you know email my apology okay to Bobby or to Jason all of them okay yeah, everyone all right will you CC Kenny Adams uh no I'll just I can just talk to him you know we're we're rock star affiliated here, <laughs> right so. right uh, yeah, Canard's return. I thought it was good, right? He needs that. He needs that ride. I mean, yeah, exactly. Maybe he's a bit bummed because he won the podium, but you got to take that. It's amazing. He's just, just not scared. Just not scared to pin it, Trey. You know, and his fitness was on point. I thought, and yeah, he probably wore down a bit near the end. It's been a couple weeks since he finished, but oh, that was a good return. You guys both agree? Yeah, that was actually his best ride of the year, really. Best result. Mm-hmm. 
there's, I mean, maybe there was a small drop-off, like maybe had he not been hurt in his races, maybe he would get on the podium for that, but it wasn't probably very far off. Like, we were kind of saying that whole group is so close, and he's in it. So he, you know, finished in front of a few and finished behind a few, which is the mix he should be in anyway. So it was pretty impressive. I tried to talk to Chad. Uh, no uh, no go on that. Uh, lost his goggles again, threw his goggles again. I think that's three weeks, JT. He's throwing goggles off. Three? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Can't be good. No. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> Can't be good. No, no. He was kind of. He was. He was good in that one practice. He was on top of the board real briefly, and I think he finished up in fifth or sixth. But well, kind of a quiet night for him. Kind of quiet few weeks. Like you know, like we like we like you touched on last week, where a guy like Chad can summon, you know, great performances every now and then. But now he's at the point where he can't do it every week, and kind of was doing that again. I think. Well, that, he, that's the has thing been, I'm afraid of the older guys, yeah. That's what you get. You get, you know, 60 or 70% of the races are like their old self, and mm-hmm. 30 to 40% of the time they're just not feeling it anymore. That's my worry. He rode much better uh, this weekend than he did at Phoenix. I know the result doesn't really portray that, but his riding in practice, uh, Phoenix was, Glendale, excuse me, was really, really bad. I mean, it just watching his practice videos, talking to him, it was it was all bad. There was just nothing really to take away. We were like, okay, well, you know, at least we got that or we were good here. There was, it was just all bad. Um, but this weekend his practice, he, he rode well, he was confident. He went right, right away. He fixed a lot of things in his corners that he was struggling with. Um, you know, the racing didn't pan out obviously as he had hoped for, but, uh, I think I would guarantee you that leaving San Diego, he was, um, less frustrated than he was Glendale because Glendale was just a, a really, really bad day overall. So I don't know what's going on with the goggle thing. I don't know what, you know, he was struggling with the, with the racing itself. Um, but I was encouraged to see his riding. He, he actually looked like himself, at least during practice anyway. Well, we know he's hard on goggles, whether it's Scott or Oakley that he wears now. Like, fogging, sweating. He's always been tough on goggles. Smith goggles, when he wore Smith at Yamaha Troy, good God. Like he yeah, threw him off he was, he's week. been tough. You're right. I yeah. mean, when he was at Scott, they were building special stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always been the same. Um, do you guys know that Michael Essie's, this was Michael Essie's 100th main event? Michael Essie told me that himself. I don't know. He could be I lying. I saw but. something about that on social media. Yeah, 100th main event. 2004 was a long time ago. So until Nick Way comes back, he'll be he's second, I guess, behind Chad. They put his 2004... Millville 450 through sound check this weekend. They sound checked it? Yes. Why? I don't know. Well, first off, asking that question about anything is, you know, lunacy. Yeah. I but saw I, watched, the, I literally watched this happen. I saw the bike there. Yeah, they went through sound with it. Who can forget that third place at Steel City in 04 and that machine and those memories? I was wondering, I was hoping, well, I shouldn't say wondering, I was hoping that they were going to race that bike. <laughs> Things get weirder and weirder, and all of us just shrug our shoulders. Like, all right, cool. You brought your third place Steel City bike to San <laughs> Diego <laughs> Supercross. What the heck? A 12-year-old bike. Why do they still have it? Just because it got that's, a, that's going in the AMA Hall of Fame. <laughs> um. 
I do remember that day, though, you know, when he came in at Millville and did terribly and everyone loved it and he was being booed and riders were shoving him all over the track. And I think Matt Walker came to the press conference for no reason, just walked into the press conference to talk some smack on Mike. He didn't get on the podium either. Um, but when he got that podium at Steel City and he came up to the podium to get third, I just remember, like, dead silence. Like, no one was pumped, but they knew they couldn't say anything because he actually had done well. And it was just like, crap, I can't, I can't say anything bad about the guy now. He just got third. So no one said anything. It was the most silent I've ever heard a crowd and other people at a podium ever. Well, I know um, the only reason he got third was because Villeman's bike broke late in the race. And there was an unnamed mechanic that was very pissed at Gothic for the bike breaking from another team that allowed Mike to get podium. Yeah. There were some good circumstances. I think uh, Tortelli had a first-turn crash, and a bunch of weird things happened. But, but he still, still got third. Still got third. But he went up there. It was the living definition of shutting everyone up. Do you think how many people that walked by that tent knew what that bike was and what the deal was? <laughs> like how many I people thought it was going to be in the Legends and Heroes. <laughs> I guarantee you someone deal. someone thought it was on Craigslist, and they were just there to maybe buy it. Uh, um, hey, Millsaps. Wow. Millsaps. Uh, it's, it's weird, but again, all of us just go, okay, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Millsaps won a heat again. Man, good job by him. Nice little story. Yeah. He fell. I'm sure but, I'm sure Jason Anderson is, you know, didn't think anything of it. Uh, <laughs> Brayton. Brayton was 10th. Uh, quiet night for for JB. Pike, uh, what Pike end up getting? Ninth, right? Hold on, I got the results like in front of me. Yeah, I believe ninth. Yeah, he needed that. Pike had a couple rough couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, and actually, I talked to the COO of of Jim, Joe Gibbs. Um, he will be going to less motocross races. Really? Um, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of his deal. Oh, yep. So we will be seeing less of the COO around. Do wow. you think he will be able to play Xbox in the NASCAR hauler? Good question. Good question. He's kind of laid off a little bit on the uh, on the Xbox the last year or so, huh, Weege? I haven't really seen him. I think he finally got over it or something, or he grew up the COO of GGO Racing. <laughs> he grew up, that's what it is. Like, once he turned 40, he was done top of video games. <laughs> I, I think like so. That. I think so. Um, He's probably got something else going on, yeah. And you sure? <laughs> for COO, you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Andrew Short came back this week. Uh, nasty first-turn crash. He was feeling it afterwards. Uh, what, what did he think of his night, JT? I didn't really talk to him. I didn't get to talk to him really much either. Um, you know, I don't think he was thrilled with a 14th-place finish. So, uh, yeah, you know, just try to yeah. get back up to speed and get going. You know, it wasn't really a great day all day. You know, I think he qualified 14th and finished 14th. Um, he kind of was <clears throat> with Bogle the whole time in the uh, – in the main event and you know his semi wasn't you know a breakout ride or anything so i just think it was you know rough and tumble right off right off the bat with the the heat race and then it was just man just try to get through yeah. this thing and get the laps in and he told you know, me it's he told me it was too long old. process to get he back he told me he was too old to hit the ground like that in the first turn which i think probably right <laughs> yeah i mean that's not a good way to you know you come back from a big shoulder injury and then you hit the ground really hard right off the bat that's not great for your confidence mm-hmm. you know i so I I just think it started off the night wrongly and he never really got back on track. So you know he goes to Dallas next weekend, kind of a home race. So hopefully uh, it'll go better for him. We uh, someone needs to send Mike Webb at Yoshizuki like a, some flowers or something. Something. Oh. Uh, 
Jeez. <laughs> Blake Baggett comes Jeez. back, doesn't qualify, crashed in the first turn in the LCQ. And crashed. He was second in the uh, semi, right? Yep, yep. yep. So he crashed out of a qualifying spot two times and then had the indignity of memory. He gets passed by Freezy, which I'm sure not pumped on that. Yeah, he really um, fell apart those last couple of laps. I don't know. I don't know. He's, yeah, once he crashed, it yeah, was like he could yeah. not, you know, and that happens, but um, it doesn't happen to that degree. I mean, he got zapped by a bunch of guys. So, no, it can't really be going much worse. Uh, maybe it can't be going anywhere. I mean, look at the amount of laps your guys have put in. It pretty much cannot go worse. No, no, no. How many main event laps? James has done seven. Uh, the Anaheim one laps technically don't count because they restarted the race and did all 20 after he was gone. Mm-hmm. And Baggett so, so, limped through um, Oakland already hurt. So they've done, what, 27, 27. low-quality main event laps total? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, imagine if they had an energy drink for a sponsor or somebody like that would just be losing their minds right now over those guys. Like, you know, that's crazy. Um, I know. It's really hard to figure out the true value of sponsoring that team. It'd be very hard. <laughs> Good one. But a number on the true value of that team. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I would talk about Purcell here, but I've given up. I don't know anymore what to say about Christophe Purcell. One round, I guess, next week, starting next week, or at least at Atlanta. He will unleash on everybody. Um, it's to the point now where Emig, uh, you know, I watched the Boyer Holly show, and Holly had to eventually start commenting on it. The rate of results have been bad, and then Emig had to go that direction. And those two are not known for being overly critical; like they try to be good guys and yeah. play yeah. play it safe. But even those two, they just cannot at this point. It's just too too obvious. This is a factory bike finishing not well. Well, I don't know. I just he doesn't want anything to do with racing. That's that's it. And I don't know what. I don't know how he's going to get any better, but we'll see. He, the one thing is maybe he does actually can. You know, that's the one thing where nobody can really write him off because maybe things right. change. Um, all right, let's take a commercial break here, and we'll touch on the 250s on the uh, Racer X podcast. We'll be right back. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Use the code PulpMX16. Save yourself money. And StarCross 5, Michelin's brand-new tire. Forget what you thought about Michelin's. They're back. StarCross 5. Hey, thanks for listening to the VTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension and everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben Lemon. Also, they're back with Ben LeMay, and uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin 
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is it a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires, and they know what they're doing. And we're back on the Racer X podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas. All right, 250s. We spent 49 minutes arguing about Eli Tomac and Jason Anderson, so let's touch on 250s. Uh, yeah, Savachi, man, he rode well. He rode, he rode really well. And again, like last week, Webb's on him. Webb loses the front end. Last week was Craig. This week was Savachi. And, uh, and now we have a new points leader in uh, Joey Savachi. And uh, Weege, Joey just might win this thing, you know? Cooper, um, obviously, you know, DNF at Oakland and then a couple of crashes, looking good in a couple of crashes. But, you know, with each kind of deficit that Cooper finds himself in, he probably wants to try harder and harder and gets more and more frustrated. I think we may have to start thinking, you know, we all said, ah, Cooper's going to win this thing, but maybe we need to start thinking oh. about uh, Joey. Uh, he doesn't have the points lead. There's only uh, two races to go, or three races three to races go. Three races. So, yeah, I think for sure. Yes, like Santa, there's Santa Clara thrown in right in the middle. Like a month off Santa Clara and then a month off. Um, yeah, yeah, duty. Not leading the points for three races to go. Of course, there's a chance he's not going to win this. And I know where it went wrong. I know where it went wrong. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jim Holly, <laughs> on the practice show, Holly said, well, you know what's going to happen? Uh, Cooper will win the next two races, and uh, that'll only be a six-point lead going into Vegas. So, Savaccio <laughs> will still have a chance at it. You know how I love it. You know how I love the oh, pre-calculation yeah. of the races before they happen. I'm a big fan of that. So, that's what did it. Did him in. I don't... Fortunate. Like, Cooper... He just he's making mistakes, JT. He's getting rattled. Things are not going his way. Yeah, do you think it's rattled or do you just think it's untimely mistakes? Because I don't think – I think he's probably frustrated that he doesn't have the speed advantage that he had. Uh, I, I do think that. But if you take the bike malfunction out of the equation, I mean, he's still solidly planted, you know, in the, in the out front here. Uh I just think he's lost. He's lost the front end two times in a row, mm-hmm. um, two weekends in a row, trying to make the pass for the lead. So, 
I don't think he's like, holy cow, what am I going to do? You know, I just think he's like, gosh, I got to stop doing the stupid stuff because my bike broke and now I don't have any room for error. Yeah, so, it just gets less and less. Know. Yeah, you know, I just think yeah, it's, it's it's unfortunate for him because he shouldn't be in this position. Uh, he should have you know a sizable lead here. Um, add twenty four points to his total is probably what it should be um, at least because you'd take some away from Savachi. But uh, yeah, I mean he's he's probably frustrated on some level, but I I still think his confidence is probably pretty high. But like we saw with Stu so many times, like the margin of error is getting smaller, you know and then maybe you start pressing more, or you're, you get more, you know, you get more frustrated. And you, you, I mean, he just, yeah, like at this point, you know, even if they go one-two again this weekend, uh, but Cooper wins, um, you know, Joey Savacci's still tied for the points lead. So, oh yeah, it, yeah. it definitely put him in a spot where he's got to win. Yeah, you know, before he could just be like, eh, okay, you know, Savacci just had it this weekend. I'll take second, right? And it's not a big deal. Now he has to win. I mean, the the bike. The bike malfunction, whatever happened at Oakland, really, really put him in a bad spot. That's the only way you can look at it. And, you know, yeah. when it comes down to it, if you want to be the champ, you got to win. That, that's just how it always is. So he's going into it with, you know, basically a fair shot at winning this championship. He's, he's just got to prove that he's the best guy all the way through mm-hmm. where he was so dominant in the beginning that he kind of he would have kind of had the easy route. Uh, but he's going to have to fight for it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, um, I don't think it's a rattle thing. I, I, I think, like JT's saying, I think it's just circumstances. Like you're trying to pass dudes, you're trying to push hard and uh, just making mistakes. I remember way back watching like the Daytona Supercross on TV, and it was one of the years where Emig, I guess, would have been '98. Like Emig was champ, but he was struggling really bad. Had a good start. My grass was all over him, and it's like, you know, Daytona. The race feels like it takes like an hour back in those days, and it's like. There's no way he's just going to hold McGrath off on this long, 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 long race. Just, and I remember my dad saying, he's like, why would you even deal with this? Just let the guy go and get second. Like, he's going to pass you. Why would you want to deal with that pressure the whole time? But I feel like you see it time and time again. Like, a dude sends somebody off for two or three laps. It looks inevitable that he's going to get passed. But there's a 50-50 shot that the guy behind him might make a mistake, and then you win. It happened a lot, actually, with – um all those times where Muscan was swerving all over the track last year, I think twice Webb ended up crashing. And you, you could say it was dumb for Marvin to block like that, or maybe it was dirty, but he ended up getting a position that he probably wouldn't have got if he hadn't tried. So uh, that's what Zavaji did. He just said, all right, you're going faster. I'm going to do everything I can to hold you guys as long as possible, increase my odds that you screw up. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. I don't oh. think it was a – you know, Cooper panicking. I think it's just it's just racing odds. You keep having to take different lines and knife underneath somebody, and eventually it gets you. Savachi told me after the race that he thinks, like, Cooper, with all that off-season racing, you know, he did a bunch of Euro races and then the Dis Nations and Australia and all that thing. Uh, Savachi thought that Cooper had to jump on all these guys racing-wise, racing shape, all that kind of noise um, because of these races in the off-season. He thinks that they've all caught up to him. And I can't say Joey's wrong right now because – you know, even if Cooper had gotten by Savachi or gotten by Craig last week, like those guys, I feel could have hung with him. You know, he wouldn't. He wasn't see you later like the opening rounds. You know, no, I, I did some data. I looked at data on this because I'm writing uh, an article about it for tomorrow. The first round, he was two seconds every lap slower, almost every lap slower than uh, than Webb. Who Joey? The second or round, Craig? Joey uh, Savachi. Yeah. 
Tabachi was two seconds off. The second and third rounds, he was consistently minimum one second, generally about a second and a half. At Oakland, they were almost identical uh, all the way through until um, Cooper's bike gave up. Uh, at, then they went back to Glendale, and he was a second slower again, uh, and Webb kind of rode past Savachi, you know, yeah, after yeah. he crashed, got up and went around him again. Uh, but then this weekend, they were exactly the same again. So there's definitely been an improvement, and it hasn't been perfect yet. You know, he was significantly better than him at Glendale, but the, the gap has certainly come down. You know, they're – it was just a foregone conclusion that Webb was going to run these guys down and go away at the first few races. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't really argue with the, you know, Savachi's theory that they've caught up. But my question really is, is it, is it all just physical that they're just gotten faster or is it mental that they're, the confidence is, is growing for these guys and they don't think that Webb's invincible anymore? Oh, I think it's a lot of it's mental. I really do. You know, just, just maybe, yeah, just I think Webb's – I don't think Webb's a favorite of any of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Savachi, Craig, Osborne, I think they're not, they're not like bros with Webb, and they're not like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I think they're beginning to not like him. And they realize, hey, we can beat this guy. Right, and that's, so. that's kind of what I was getting at. Is I think it's as Webb's making mistakes and as they're, quote, kind of being in the race with him, they're kind of like, eh, he's not unbeatable. Yeah. You know, because I, I think that was kind of the feeling. Even after the third round, they're like, I don't know that we can beat this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I don't think that's the feeling at all anymore. Um, Osborne, oh Zach, fastest in all practices, seven tenths factor. He was third overall his qualifying time, and then he just goes in the main event and gets a bad start. And Colt Nichols passes him and leaves him behind. God, you gotta be frustrated if you're Osborne. Frustrated if you're if you want Osborne to win like I do. Like I like Zach. I want him to win. He's a good dude. Told him yesterday how mad I was at him. Texted him. Told him I was really mad. He said, "Not." Are you mad. hitting a panic button on him? No, no. But that that's a tough that's a tough deal to be the fastest guy in both practices and then kind of get a you know so so start fifth sixth place start, but have Colt Nichols, a dude on uh you know wearing number sixty nine, ride right around you, and see you later. So you're more concerned about Tomac than you are about Osborne. Well, yeah, Osborne is not going to win this title in. You know, it's it's over, and he's in the 250 class, and he's, a, you know, I don't think he was supposed to challenge for the title as much as Tomac was. Oh, okay. So, I'm just checking. I'm looking right. at the results and seeing how each of these two seasons have gone. I'm just wondering where you're more concerned. That's all. Well, if you really want to be technical, Osborne has more podiums than Eli Tomac. What's the over-under on yeah, that? Yeah, Osborne's season has been a raging success, that's for sure. Oh, now we're flipping it. Now we're flipping it. Um, Cole Nichols, though. I mean, one thing about these guys, we each – when you talk about Colt Nichols, and I think, like, look, the, the, the Cycle Trader Rock River guys are great. Christina, Chris over there, they run a good program. We saw what they did with Amart last year. Certainly Luke Reslin, I think, will be very good on the East and all that. You get into trouble with the teams like this when you say things like, Colt Nichols will be on a factory bike next year. But, I mean, it, it's a step up to, to, to go to Mitch's team or a star team. And so you got to be – these guys don't always like that, but I'm sorry – but Colt Nichols will probably be on, you know, a really good team next year. And that, that doesn't imply that their team sucks. It's just he will make more money. He will have slightly better equipment. It just Yeah, I, you get that argument a lot, but um then all you have to do is just say, Well, what happened with Alex Martin? Like why did he why didn't he just stay? If yeah. there wasn't there was zero if it's a completely lateral move, and I think he likes everybody over there and they like him, why did he go to Star Racing? Yeah. <laughs> because no. it's the it's the upper tier 
like it's the factory supported team yeah. and the full factory team. Um, so it's the proof is right there. I would think. It I know. Happened. I know. It just you feel you always happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, do you. I mean, don't you guys think almost no matter what Cole Nichols does in the Nationals, and I, don't, I mean, he's already got a spot on a. I'm going to get in trouble again, but he's going to have a spot on a better team, right? JT. I'm going to stay away from the word better. Okay. Well, think, what, what, what do we say? How do we say it? What do we What do we do? I'm going to say he's on a different team next year. Okay. You think he's on a different nice. team? Nice. I, I mean, it's definitely yeah. enough. The only thing, it, you know, the results have been, I mean, honestly, I think I'm going to use this word straight up. I think it's been phenomenal. Yeah. The results have been uh, phenomenal. And, for, and the way he's getting the radar coming in. And the way yeah. he's getting them, too. Like, like coming from the back, see you later, you know? Right. Yeah, this isn't whole shot and get fourth. Yeah. Like he's going from eighth to fourth uh, every week and passing legitimate guys and going fast in practice. And um, I mean, the only way I guess it does not happen is if, for some reason, that team, and I guess it's not impossible, you know, they make some huge leap, and we've definitely seen it before. I mean, hey, at one point, Troy Lee Design's team was just a team in the pits that was holding raves, I think, every Saturday. They were just like a team that rode Hondas, and now they are the factory KTM outfit. We used to laugh at the Rockstar Suzuki team with the last of Star Racing, and these are all premier teams now. So I don't know if it's going to change in one year for Rock River, but there, there's a chance maybe the team itself – becomes that level and those guys stay with them but for now if everything nothing changes there mm-hmm. i think you're right he will be on a different team okay alex martin had a bad race speaking of alex martin not a good weekend for him um are you th- ready to hit the panic button on alex martin oh yeah 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 it's, 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 <laughs> me too things blazing red it's going off it's it's i'm yeah. with you make a little room on the button because i want to get my hand on it well, I don't. I mean, it's tough, man. But I don't know what's going on. Like, I watched him in the main event. He was on my fantasy team. So mm-hmm. I watched him in the main event, and it was not good. I repeat, not good. What do you think is Crash wrong? The first turn, I give him. I get that. Right. But it was not good after that. Right. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't go well even after that. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's tough. Maybe here's the uh, maybe here's the rebuttal from uh, the cycle trader Rock River. Oh, oh, oh. That's been sounded. It's been hit, Alex. And and filthy. Don't think you're not you're not far away from it. <laughs> All right. All right. Go ahead, Weech. Maybe this is the argument that uh, Christina, uh, Danny, and Mike Duclos over there at the cycle trader Rock River use. If this is their argument against you or us. Oh, that he's better. Yeah, like the the low stress. He, he was right, worse right. This yeah. year, he's yeah. worse this year than he was last year. Right. Going to the upgraded team. Well, I'm sure Bobby Reagan has been really fine to deal with this whole time, and calm and steady, and real encouraging for Alex. Uh, Jordan Smith crashed. He was fast. He crashed on his. He's got a shoulder, and he keeps crashing on it. This week, he hit Webb's back tire and went down hard. I mean, I guess he's going to go to Arlington, but. Dude, this kid's beat up with his shoulder. He needs time off. I've talked to him a little bit, so he's struggling a bit. Jimmy D was, he said he's had bronchitis, so he's felt better, and he ran up front for a while this weekend and then kind of pumped up, went backwards. For a while, though, those Geico guys, um, you know, look pretty good with their camo gear all uh, out there a little bit, so kind of neat. I didn't, speaking of the camo gear, by the way, JT, we'll leave you out of this because you can't comment, but I thought the Troy Lee stuff was hideous. People liked it. 
it didn't look, it didn't match. It was just, just too gaudy. I didn't mind the alias stuff. I like the fly stuff, but what do you think, Weege? If you're looking to like make a statement and get the gear like uh, noticed and just be like, hey, we're celebrating military or USA, like it was good for that. It was almost just being like draped in a flag, like gear that. You know, did it look cool from 500 feet away, like where people would be in the stands? Like, oh, I can see. That's an American flag motif. I got it. Yeah. I think for that it was success. As far as, like, someone wanting to purchase it yeah. and wear it, I don't know about that. You know who would purchase it would be Brian Carroll. Right, JT? He would. Brian he Carroll would. would buy that. <laughs> Flying Brian Carroll. <laughs> he, he ran a Stars and Stripes like no one's business. He was a military appreciation night before anyone was. How did he... How did he, what was that made of? I don't, I'll never understand. Was the door, did he go down in the first turn, get up, the thing was still working? Like, it never came untucked. I don't know. JT, was he was a Florida guy, I think. JT probably knows. I don't know. But. Was he a Florida guy? I thought he was from, like, Maryland. Oh, really? I thought he was Florida. No. Oh. No, he raced English Town all the time. He's Northeast. Oh, so yeah, now Maryland, he's Jersey. Now he's Jersey. Oh, he was. <laughs> oh, I saw him and uh, Ty Wallace and Barry Carson battle while I was flagging uh, many a time. Uh, yep. he, he was an American hero. Um... <laughs> They may not know like racing him, but damn, they damn sure did salute him. Mel Ross uh, came from a first-turn crash to 13th. He rode well. Aldridge, got a feel for Aldridge. Uh, oh, man. Had it. Finally finally had something going his way. I think Aldridge, will, I think Aldridge will be on a different team next year. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think? It may be a different trajectory than Colt Nichols, though. I don't know. Just different. I'm just ready to say different. Um, right. Yeah, I heard Mitch said that they think it was a valve spring, um, which would make sense because I watched his mechanic in the uh, mechanics area try to start the bike, and it didn't look like it had much compression. So, it didn't look like any compression at all. No. Yeah. So, uh, bummer for him, though. I mean, look, he came off a, a, a nice um, uh, Glendale race, and, and he wouldn't have won um, San Diego, too, but that could have been a fifth or sixth again for him. So, that sucks for him, no doubt. Um Fast Freddie Norn crashed out in practice, JT, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I know that's a sh- you know shocking revelation to see Norn yeah. on the ground, but hate to see him miss the race. I, I hope he's okay. Yeah. I talked to Craig after the race, but he lo- sure looked like he kind of let Cooper by a little bit. Fought him for a bit and then was like, okay, go. So either pumped up or, or quote-unquote tight. Got tight. <laughs> so I know that's a great vague term you love. Oh, I love it. Nobody gets tired. No one's ever gotten tired. It just got tight. Although, Weege, you wrote your column about how there's, you feel there's more honesty in the pits than ever before. I didn't use the tightness as a reference of that. Yeah. No. Uh, guess what, Kyle? Helmack was tight in, uh, in um, Glendale. That's what he said. He was tight. Yeah. Kyle Peters was good tight. again. I wonder if Star Racing's regret regrets letting Kyle Peters go. I think they've been okay. I don't think so. Kyle Peters and Gavin Audette, two lost... Um, star racing Yamaha riders that kind of came and went. Same with um, well Suzuki's got a lot. Lilos, Brian Gray, coming and going. People I for, think I at don't this think point star... you'd be better off. Oh, I mean Star I is in the business that's... now of trying to win races and championships. Yeah. So you know what would be a fun. Yeah. You know what would be a fun game though is to go over to DeCoster and have him name, like give him a uh, hey Roger uh, Brian Gray. Um, Matthew Lillos and uh, Travis Preston. Who did you have on your team? 
Like, see if he can see if he can pick out guys who actually rode for him like that. Matt Moss, Roger, Matt Moss, or Timmy Ferry. Well, actually, Timmy did, did ride for him. So, Matt Moss or uh, or Jake Moss. Which one did you? Which one did you have? Which one did you have? Or Spanish Moss. <laughs> Randy Moss. <laughs> Roger, did Brian Gray ride for you? Yes or no? Did a man named Brian Gray once ride for you? I do not Dorian know. Gray. I do not know who you're talking about. Uh, I think at this point you might want to cool it on the making fun of Star for dropping dudes. They they've uh, they're doing okay right now. No, I, I don't know. think you really. I know. I, I know. I just. But my point about Peters was like he never got a chance, and he got one and done, right. and now he's still here and he's good. Peters, but the is one good. was really bad. I, I saw potential. I saw potential. Weege knows that. Weege knows that I, I had my eye on him. Yeah. 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 But he uh, was a uh, yeah tell yeah to you. Just saw something. Oh, tell yeah. French guy. Yeah, tell yeah. Let's bring him back over. Um, oh, by the way, well, speaking I, of, Star once had um, Star once had uh, Gutierrez Paulin. They did, um, yeah, for, 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 yeah, for yeah. West. I mean, there's many that have come and gone, but we need to drop this subject. They've won. They've gotten the last laugh. They've proven they could win. Uh, you could probably argue that the best 250 team there is right now. Um, so, good uh, job, Brad. Good job, Bobby Regan. We're done. We cannot go down this road any further. Did you guys like Kyle Cunningham's uh, motorcycle superstore bike? I personally did not. I did not either. I had a couple people tell me it was the best looking bike out there. I like JT with Tomac. I'd like to drug test them. I mean, I you know it was Navy, right? Was it Navy? It was done. Yeah, in, Navy and yeah, yeah, US Navy, right? US and Navy, the, which after is the Blue Angels, which is cool. But I love the look of that bike. Normally, I don't know what happened to it this weekend. Yeah, good idea. Just <sighs> I just didn't love how it turned out. I you know, no. I, whatever. I different is cool. Don't get me wrong. I just, you know, yeah. I didn't how, love the look. And it's all personal preference. I'm sure there were people that loved it. Like dude, you said. How so. about Honda not having any red on their bikes? I thought yeah. Honda's bikes were awesome. Yeah, that they look good. They look good, but that's had to be like can you imagine the the efforts they had to go through to make sure, "Hey, we're not even going to put a red front fender on." Like <laughs> We're not going to do anything. I wonder if they got contingency, because that's a, that's a Honda rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I wonder if Sealy <laughs> lost out on that contingency. Um, I was shocked to see that. I mean, especially because they did well. You know, in the beginning of the main event, they're running second and third. Yeah. Uh, Canard, I think, was up front of Heat. And I'm like, man, that's like the number one thing. Like, can you tell it's our bike from every single seat in those stands? And then they're doing well. And that's what yep. you know there were people there that were confused. You know it. Yeah. People were like, who's that? Right. For sure. I talked to um, Brent Trey 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 Carnes mechanic. He said the they originally went with like they wanted to go silver, like a fighter jet, and uh, that didn't quite make it past the higher ups. They wanted to go silver, like a uh, P what is it P P forty one plane or P nineteen or I don't. Know. Thanks for helping me, guys, in this. By the way, but I don't know what you're talking about. I would need to know what you're talking about. There's a help. famous plane, like a World War Two plane, P P nineteen P forty one. I don't know. No, nothing. Not Both of you are Americans, and you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, not my specialty. I don't know. Well, I, I, least, I, 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 can, I get the genre, but I don't know the number. My excuse would be Canadians never owned one. What's your guys' excuse? But PT Cruiser? <laughs> yeah, yeah, PT Cruiser. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they want to make it. Who can forget the PT Cruiser's silver? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that didn't quite make it, so they went with the uh, the white camo. 
So, I, I, yeah, I was just – they look good. I was just shocked that um, they didn't have red on them at all. So, Hey, JT, you're a marketing guy now with the gears and brands and all this stuff. Is there a chance that the, the, the Troy Lee gear is certainly out there and uh, the motorcycle superstore Suzuki of Cunningham is certainly out there? Is there a chance in this day and age of Instagram and all that stuff where you just are willing to throw away – you're like, it doesn't matter if it looks good or bad. People are just going to talk about it. This isn't a graphic package we're selling. It's not gear of this particular colorway we're even interested in selling. But people will be talking about our gear, our bike, our brand for this weekend, whether it looks good or not. Is there something to that? I think yes and no. I think getting attention and having people talk about it is paramount. But you can't sacrifice it looking good for that fact. You can't say, I don't care what it looks like as long as they're talking about it because if it looks terrible and that's why they're talking about it, that's not good. <laughs> so you don't want people saying, Oh my gosh, you see how hideous that stuff was because that's, you know, you're not accomplishing anything at that point. Um, I think, you know, the ideal is be out there enough to grab everyone's attention, but still have it appealing to everyone. And, and that's not an easy thing to pull off. Uh, I just think there's a fine line that you're trying to walk. How uh, how how much how did TV cover Cade Clayson's move in the LCQ? Weege? Uh man, they were on it. They were on it. They even had a good shot of it, and um, immediately they kind of knew. Yeah. What, um, they had. I, this is lucky. I did not realize this this year. You know how there's been the controversy of where is the transponder line? Mm-hmm. It's not the jump. There's a stripe painted now to show where that is. Did you know that? No. Yeah. It could have been better. They actually have it. There's a stripe about three feet down from the lip of the finish line. You have a white stripe, which is basically designating this is the real finish line. So it could have worked out better on TV for them to have those two uh, go side by side up that jump. Nice move, JT, but did you instantly saw him jump over the bales and you were like, that's not going to count, right? That's how I felt. Yeah, you have, yeah. To, you have to know. But stranger things have happened. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we didn't see it. <laughs> that's a good point. It is Doris and the AMA and everybody, so <laughs> who knows? But I liked it. Good move by him, but just, yeah, it didn't, didn't count. So the good news is he gets to be in just short. That's the good news. All I right. guess that's good news, yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Are we done? We're good? We each? I think so. Okay. Racer X. Pod- Do we get in the tailback enough, or are we, are we good, or <laughs> we need more? I think they're going to bring him up this weekend and give him an appreciation award for how great everything's been going. So. <laughs> If you need coffee this weekend when you can't go to Cowie, just uh, come by. I'll get you some. Well, look, I, yeah, I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously. I'm not hitting a panic button. but So, um, all right, Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, San Diego 2 wrap-up. We're on the road, Dallas. Uh, Weed, you'll be there. JT, you will be yep, there. I'll be there. And uh, I shall be there. Jerry's Dome. Looking forward to it. All right, see you guys. Jerry's World. See you guys. See you. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart, 
There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,